Yes, indeed. It's that time again. Hoop Questions Monday. It's your host, Vince. QP Nation, how y'all doing? On today's pod, we'll speak about the All-Star Gang. I have thoughts on the skills competition and the three-point contest. Um, Thoughts on the game itself. Thoughts on the NBA as well. And thoughts on the sheer joy of playing in the All-Star Gang. We also have a bunch of rumors and news and notes and we'll get to those and then we'll do the rookie watch sorta i'll let you know a little bit about that later all right so let's talk about what's going on the first thing that's going on is that we got the new segment for no question about it that goes on on football friday so hoop heads you might want to listen to that show just because we're doing it and keep in mind that this is a community right so get your tweets instagram me you know dm me on instagram or hit me up on facebook so on twitter it's qpp network on instagram and facebook it's question point pod network Because we want to get some just regular people on, no question about it, Friday. We definitely want to do that. We want to get you involved. So if there's somebody doing something really positive in the community, doing something for others, we want to make sure that we shine a light on that and we do it every Friday. You know what I'm saying? So that segment did jump off last Friday. It was Towards the end of the pod, so if you don't have time to listen to the whole pod, but you should because it was a quality, quality pod. Football fans know what I'm talking about. So make sure we get our submissions in on that. This is another way for us to connect and become more of an interactive community. So I'm really psyched and jazzed about that. Other than that, We're ready to go ahead and do this pot. So, without further ado, let's do the pot. Hit you with a little welcome to Atlanta. So, you know what we're leading into. The All-Star Game. The NBA put on its All-Star Game last night. Um, There were some things that I took away from this game. And we're going to talk about it right now. Indiana's Cassius Stanley was robbed on his first dunk. That dunk was sweet. The judges... Just completely whiffed on that. How much was my man getting eights on that first dunk? Now, obviously Stanley was shook from that point on. He just couldn't get his dunks together. 
and he was ended up not getting to the last round. Anthony Simon's uh, dunk was awesome. Okay, that dunk where he attempted to kiss the rim, man, that was that was cool. And I thought overall Simon's was the cleaner of the dunkers. You know, he didn't have a lot of mishaps or anything like that. And I think that's why he pulled it out. So, he was a worthy winner of the dunk competition. I wasn't mad that he won. He was actually my pick going in as I was talking to a couple members of the staff as we were watching the All-Star game. So, it was interesting to me um, that he won it, but I just thought he, he would. So, kudos to Anthony Simons for winning the dunk contest. If you hear the ice cream truck in the background, it stays on my street for like an hour. So I apologize for the ice cream truck in the background. Now on to DeMontis Sabonis who won the skills competition. He beat out uh, Vucevic from uh, Orlando. You could tell that Sabonis was really enjoying himself. He he enjoyed every second of his experience in the All-Star game and before he just had a smile on his face he seemed very loose you know the bright lights weren't too bright for him he just seemed very calm and at ease with himself his game and competing with the greatest players in the world so that's a guy that indiana really should be looking at and going you know that's a sense of pride for indiana that paces organization Definitely knows how to develop their talent. You know, they got, they're getting a lot out of Miles Turner. You know, last year, everybody was down on him. This year, he's like a defensive maven. You know, DeMontis Sabonis is doing very well. When TJ Warren gets back, I mean, they developed him. I mean, who saw that in the bubble coming? And I'm excited to see what Karis LeVert does for the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers, to me, have a pretty good nucleus going on. Now, I don't know how they're going to attract like that main like cog free agent. I just think they just continue to do complete dirty work in that draft. Keep on building on their uh, talent pool. And then maybe pawn off two or three pieces at a later date to get that quintessential piece that you need to take it all the way to the finals but DeMontis Sabonis had a really good time at the all-star game and uh it's a theme here and we'll talk about it as we go forward Steph Curry won the three-point contest like that was a shock right nobody saw that coming that came out of complete and utter darkness, right? No. Steph was the odds-on favorite going in. Kenny Smith was sitting there trying to pull the whole Larry Bird thing. Like, he walked into the dressing room and said, okay, so which one of y'all playing for second type of deal? Steph's response to that, he was like, you don't even have to say anything. You just give him that look that you're about to get this work. And no matter how great your efforts are, I'm still going to win 
this three-point competition. That Mountain Dew ball was absolutely critical. Steph Curry's success in the three-point competition. But you knew he was going to knock him down. You knew that guy was going to knock down those 30-foot shots. And he was going to do it with the greatest of ease. That dude's a stone cold sniper and it doesn't matter whether he has the ball in his hands or whether he's coming off picks and running off action he's just a sniper to the highest degree him and Dame Lillard are crazy man that distance situation is now super real because they're starting to hit him at a clip where it's like okay you got to start picking him up at half court at this point. Because if you want to be successful against Portland or Golden State, and you want to keep either Dame or Steph Curry under wraps, it's like you got to reach that guy at half court. You got to start working on him there. You can't fall back to the three-point line anymore because they're pulling up from the logo on a regular. Dame's... Winning shot was at the was literally at half court. He pulled up like a G and hit that shot. Steph didn't even go down the court. He was waving. He knew it was going in. If you go on YouTube, there's a shot of Steph when the ball is rebounded and Dane gets the ball. He doesn't even go up the court. He's talking to the fellas. He's waving to the fans. He's saying, yo, this game is over. Because this logo shot is real. And sure enough, Dane pulled up at half court and nailed it. So the three-point ability now in the NBA, if you're talking about just certain guys, it's not everybody, but certain guys are, you got to start picking them up really legit at half court because the range is super crazy and it's super real. Other all-star game thoughts and notes. Even though the game itself was a money grab. And we all know that for the NBA. They needed to do it for TNT, Turner Sports. Even though they did that as a favor to them. Um, I thought the whole message of supporting SBCUs was awesome. I know that might have been overkill for certain people. But to get the message out that. Supporting these um, historically black colleges and universities is a worthwhile endeavor. I thought was excellent. And it's one of those things where you sit there and you see the true partnership between the NBA itself and its players. What I'm saying to this is NFL and Major League Baseball, did you see what happened last night? This is what it looks like when you partner with the athletes who are providing the talent to entertain us. This is what true partnership looks like. The NBA got something. They got the money for All-Star Weekend, which helps out with shoe products. It helps out with the live ads as far as that's concerned because marketing pays top dollar for those ads because everybody knows a lot of people watch the All-Star game, okay? the association's windfall financially and the players were able to shed light on a stellar cause. I mean, this is what true partnership looks like. 
you know? And I think that the NFL and the Major League Baseball um, Players Union and, and, and management with the commissioner should really look at what the NBA is doing and see if they can model some of that because, man, it's it looks better. The promotion looks better if you guys are on the same page and everybody's working on the same accord. The other thoughts of, of the game were this, is that um, the players seem genuinely just full of joy playing. I mean, there were a lot of players out there that looked like they were in the 6th and 7th grade again. And they were just balling. They were just doing what they loved. And it was great to see. And the person who really uh, modeled that the most was Giannis. But before we get to that, that's the other thing, Major League Baseball. I'm picking on you a little bit today. We don't even talk a lot of Major League Baseball on this program. But it ties into basketball. It ties into Hoop Questions Monday. But memo to Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball's commissioner. You should be watching the All-Star game. Because just that joy and that passion that they had. You should allow the players in Major League Baseball to show off a little more personality. Let these kids play, man. Let them do what they do. Let the just the sheer joy of the game even fuel their talent even more so we can see spectacular plays in Major League Baseball. The NBA has it right right now. They just have it 100% correct with what, you know, the balance of business and the balance of like, okay, we got to partner with these players and figure out a way where we can come to some kind of harmonious agreement so we can continue to build on our product and speaking of sheer joy and passion that best describes Giannis he was the all-star MVP last night the Milwaukee Bucks forward Giannis Antetokounmpo his uh, spirit was so bright he looked so surprised at some of the shots that he was making and some of the sheer talent that was on the court when he wasn't on the court. He really enjoyed himself. And then my man went out and was 16 of 16 from the field, which is an all-star record. He was perfect from the field, scoring 35 points. And he did make one statement that was key, and I don't know if anybody caught it. When... uh. Ali LaForce was interviewing him after the game. He said this. He says it's so much easier when you have great players around you. Bucks fans. Your main man got that out during his MVP interview. So memo to Milwaukee Bucks front office. Your job is not done yet. Giannis is looking for more talent. That's what that meant. That was a absolutely concise statement to the Milwaukee Bucks front office. Yo, you better be active during the trade deadline. I did not forget about that Bogdanovich deal that you guys botched in the offseason. When you couldn't get your stuff together 
and put something on the Google Calendar to do something in the right order. I did not forget. I really appreciate you getting Drew Holiday in. He is awesome. We like him very much. But do not think that I am absolutely content with just Drew Holiday. That's all he was saying in that interview was Bucks organization, we got some work to do. He was like, I was having a lot of fun. A lot of fun during the All-Star game. He was like, damn, it's easy to play with these dudes. All right, one last note on the All-Star game is this. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, because of uh, contact tracing of the COVID virus. So both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are uh, testing negative. They've had multiple tests negative, so... It's not going to affect the start of the second half of the of the NBA season. So they're good there. They went to the same barber. The barber had ended up with COVID. They could not participate in the All-Star game. But they are showing up negative through the rapid testing. So we do know that. So that is what we know about the All-Star game. Those are the news and notes on it as far as that's concerned. If there was somebody that I left out and you're like a little upset about it, a little bent, hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. back so this starts the news and notes and rumors part of the podcast the ringers kevin o'connor and bleacher reports rod goldberg are reporting that golden state is legitly interested in trading for houston guard victor oladipo i spent a lot of time in houston on houston on both pods so struck me odd for a second so, sorry, bear with me. O'Connor has knowledge that the interest is high because Oladipo's effective ball handling, so as a second ball handler, you know, giving Steph some breaks, and also his um, his defense is what intrigues the Warriors in acquiring Victor Oladipo. Reasons to question this rumor is this. The Warriors right now, already have four players who are owed more than $24 million next season. So if you get Victor Oladipo, are you getting him long-term, or is this a stopgap until next season, until Clay comes back? I just can't see Golden State giving up draft picks for the 28-year-old Oladipo with um, how the lottery deal could fall for the Warriors this year. They could end up with two top seven lottery picks. I don't believe that the Warriors can give just Wiggins or Kelly Oubre 
Jr. to the Houston Rockets and that'd be enough. So they'd have to give up one of the picks. And the problem with that is, is this. You're looking at a situation with the Warriors, right? That, okay, you definitely want to win. I can see that they are trying to get into the playoffs. That's great. Steph is a champion. You know, there's other dudes on that team. Draymond Green is a champion. Uh, Kevin Looney is a champion. I understand what they're trying to do. I just don't think getting Oladipo with the possibility that you might end up with one or two of the guys in the top five of the upcoming draft. Because the way this draft is playing out, and we don't have a lot of draft talk on this particular podcast right now, this specific episode. But what I'm hearing from my guys who are on the ground is that there are legit five to six dudes that could alter a franchise. They might not be literally superstar LeBron James, but they might be that step below. And could you imagine the Warriors with two of those guys? Doesn't matter which two, but if they had two of those guys going with Steph, going with Clay, with all that championship ingredients that they can marinate into the rookies, Wiseman, who will be a year into his playing career, you're just continuing the strength and numbers deal, and you're just allowing the playoff window and the championship window to be expanded for a while. So if it was Bradley Bill, you know, somebody who could really alter the landscape of the NBA, then that's something where I'm ready to give up draft picks for that. I'm ready to do that. But for Victor Oladipo, for all the reasons that we talked about on the pod last time, so note to newcomers to the pod, first of all, welcome. Second of all, get yourself immersed into the culture of QP Nation and get yourself the archive pods. So, if you're hearing this, hearing these vocabs, some of the jokes that come off now, and you're wondering, sounds like an inside joke. It might actually be. It might be something that we referenced on a pod earlier. So, get yourself into the archive pods. We got 48 of those bad boys. This is the 49th. Football Friday will be the illustrious 50th episode of QP Sports Exchange, which we're super excited about. So get yourself immersed into all the archive pods. All right. But I just don't see Victor Oladipo with his injury past um, still doesn't look like the same Victor Oladipo of a couple years ago. And we ran down the stats of what he is this year and what he was at his peak powers. And that was 2017, 2018, and 2018-2019. He's not close to those numbers right now. And I just don't know if one of the high draft picks is 
worthy of Victor Oladipo. Now, on to Otto Porter Jr. Now, this next comment is only for my wife, Belinda. There are too many Porter Juniors in the NBA. There's Michael Porter Jr., who is the young upstart in Denver, right? He's a guy who has, right now, of the Porter Juniors, he has the star potential because he has an opportunity to be a high scorer in the NBA. He could be a 27, 28-point-a-game guy. Then there's Kevin Porter Jr., who earlier in the year was having some maturity issues in Cleveland. The young man got traded um, to Houston after throwing food at his GM in the locker room in Cleveland. And now there's Otto Porter Jr. Now, he's believed to be a buyout candidate in Chicago. Uh, the Warriors are interested in him as well. Okay, so he's he they're interested in this version of Porter Jr., Otto Porter from Chicago. Golden State has a lot of depth issues that um, allow them to be very interested if Otto Porter Jr. is um, bought out. He's a good defender. Um, he's a he brings a reliable veteran presence to the Golden State Warriors in their second unit. If the Bulls decide to buy him out, Porter Jr. This releases some of the glut that they have at small forward, so that helps them. Because they got a bunch of dudes that need burn, okay? You got Patrick Williams, the rookie, who's playing well. He's starting now. Um, you have the 27-year-old Porter Jr. right now. You still don't know what Boise State uh, forward Hutchinson is going to be. They've had him for about two or three years now. And then there's the guard forward Denzel Valentine. If you get Porter Jr. on a buyout, you're definitely clearing up some space and some much-needed playing time for Hutchinson and Denzel Washington. Or Denzel, Denzel Washington. Denzel Valentine. So you can see what you have. Because first of all, you got to figure out what you have in Hutchinson. Because there are a lot of reports that at some point, whether it's this year or next year, and I think it's going to be sometime this year, you'll see it a lot more, that Patrick Williams will go to the four and whomever they decide going to go with at center, which is marketing or um, Wendell Carter Jr. And then they're going to need a three. So they're going to need one of these guys to show up and see what they can actually do. You know, if you're Keegan Levine and he looks like your star that can help you, um, you got Kobe White. So you need a three. You need a small forward that's going to work. And if you're going to move Patrick Williams to the four, to the power forward position, you need to find out what Hutchinson, Denzel Valentine, and a host of others can do or dip into the draft again and get you a small forward because there will be a lot of them out there, some quality ones out there 
this upcoming draft season. Who is going to get Orlando's Nikola Vucevic? Bleacher Reports, Tyler Conway is reporting that the Heat, Spurs, Celtics, Hornets have significant interest in the center who was an all-star for the second time. Now, the Ringer's Kevin O'Connor reports skepticism around the NBA and the uh, Orlando Magic's willingness to move Vucevic, the all-star that, um, this is the thing with Vucevic. He has two full years of pretty good salary for what he is. He's a 21 and 10 guy all the time. And that's pretty valuable around the league. But he's only making like $24 million. So you got they got him on a good contract. So if I'm Orlando, and Orlando, I'm speaking to you. This might be the first time that I'm really giving Orlando a lot of love. Listen, Magic Kingdom, welcome to QP Sports Exchange. Hi, what's up? Orlando, this is what you do. You don't give up Vucevic unless you get a good young player back and two first-round draft picks. You get somebody who has some upside back and a couple first-rounders, and then you can go ahead and release Vucevic out into the wild. But I, if I was Orlando, I would not give up on Vucevic because one, the productivity is awesome. Two, you know, it's super consistent. And then the third thing is, is that what's my motivation on giving him up? If I'm just giving him up for like a guy in a draft pick, a guy who doesn't really fit my timeline with the other young guys that I have, the Markel Fultz who's injured, um, the Jonathan Isaacs, who's injured. So, and the Cole Anthony's, these are young guys. I'm getting just a guy, just somebody who's been in the league like seven years and a first rounder. It's not enough. I want a young upside guy, and I want two first rounders. I want to be able to develop the young guy, see what I can get in the draft, or parlay that into a lower pick so I can have better. Uh, choice of what's at the top echelon of the first round and see if I can strike gold there. That's what you do, Orlando. Do not give Vucevic away for just pennies on the dollar. Make sure you extrapolate as much as you can from whomever is going to want Vucevic. If it's the Celtics, you get yourself like Peyton Pritchard and two first-rounders. If it's the Heat, you want one of the snipers. You want Duncan Robinson or you want Tyler Hero and two first-rounders. The Spurs, they got a bunch of young talent. Take any one of their guys. Devontae Murray, you know what I'm saying? Whomever from them. But that's what's going down in Orlando. So Vucevic, who had his second all-star appearance, is on the trade block. And like I said, if Orlando's smart, they'll get something of great value back in return. 
part two of the news and notes. Atlanta's forward DeAndre Hunter will be reevaluated in two weeks. I know that the mandate from Atlanta's ownership is that make the playoffs or bust. But with the news of DeAndre Hunter being reevaluated in two weeks, that means that he's not going to be on the court. He's just going to be reevaluated in two weeks. I think it's time for the, the Hawks to maybe pivot and maybe just start looking at the draft. Because they're not right now in the playoff picture. The thing about it is, is that they could be with like a three or four game winning streak. But here's the problem. DeAndre Hunter was a, a really good piece and he was a stout defender for them. And without him, they, they look terrible. And with the uncertainty of his return anytime soon, and also the situation with free agent to be John Collins, the power forward, who's given like 18 and 9, who has the capability of giving you 22 and 11, it might be just better for the Hawks right now to just say, okay, you know what? We had a lot of injuries this year. Let's scrap the year. And let's make sure we get into that lottery where we can pick up a substantial building block for the future. Like I said, this draft is chock full of dudes that can be really essential to what you're trying to do with your basketball program. The Cavaliers are finding it very difficult to trade center Andre Drummond due to his $28.8 million salary this year. Hey Cavs, it was a good effort on trying to get something for Andre Drummond. I get it. You know, he was an asset, what have you. But here's the thing. Don't be too greedy this time. You already stole uh, Jared Allen, the center from the Brooklyn Nets, and he's a big part of what you're going to do. He's a really good defensive center. He reminds me of Gobert a lot, you know, and he might even be more athletic and even more uh, agile and lateral quickness is might be a little bit better than Gobert's, but he does remind me of Gobert a lot. So you already stole him. So at this point, I think it would just be fair to go ahead and let my man Andre Drummond go do the buyout so he can get an opportunity you know you already won you already won this year you got a you got a young controllable asset you know somebody you could develop who's part of your timeline with the guards you know Darius Garland and Colin Sexton the small forward from Auburn is doing what he needs to do I think the Cavaliers would do the right thing and let Andre Drummond go so there's a lot of people hot for Andre Drummond Brooklyn obviously would be hot for him the Mavs might be interested in Andre Drummond but the name that caught my eye was the Los Angeles Lakers the Lakers seem to be very interested in Andre Drummond and having him join the reigning 
defending NBA champions. And I'm going to tell you as a Laker fan, that's something that I would welcome. Any time that you can get a glass eater like Andre Drummond, because that dude is on nights where he's listless, 12 rebounds is not going to be a problem. This dude is like a 15 rebound a game guy. And that would be absolutely brilliant for the Lakers. Another big body to go and intimidate all of the Western Conference. And then getting a healthy Anthony Davis back. That would put the Lakers right where they need to be again. So the league would be upset about Andre Drummond going to the Lakers for sure. And you should be because you don't want the Lakers to get better. (laughs) Come on now. You know, that would just be terrible. But this is the way to keep the talent on the Lakers, right? So you got Taylor Horton Tucker, who would be a Taylor Horton Tucker would be a great piece for somebody to get back. Okay. The Lakers are trying to hold on to young controllable assets and Taylor Horton Tucker is one of them. You know, for to a lesser extent, Caruso, Kyle Kuzma will be in that mix as well. But young controllable talent is something that everybody wants. And if you're the Lakers who do not have a lot of draft capital, who do not have a lot of pieces that they can trade, they have one or two that they could let go. But they're trying to hold on to them because they're trying to acquire depth. They need depth for now and they need depth for the future. So holding on to their pieces is essential to what they're trying to do for, you know, 2022, 2023, and so on. But, yep, it looks like the Lakers are interested in Andre Drummond. So if he gets bought out. Uh, which they're sitting him now. He's not playing. So that buyout is coming. They're just trying to work out the numbers. There, that one is for you as well. Now, the Charlotte Hornets have interest in Orlando's guard forward, Evan Fournier. The 28-year-old is averaging 18.3 points a game while shooting 45% of his field goals. And 37.1 from the land of three. Now, Kevin O'Connor is reporting this. So, we're going to give the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor, some love again. The Ringer is all over this podcast. I'm still coming for you, Bill Simmons. I'm still coming. But if I was Charlotte, I would not do this. Don't do it, Charlotte. Don't do this. 48 is an expiring contract, okay? So you're only having them for the stretch run, which is the playoffs. And I understand you're in the playoffs. Fantastic. They're the seventh seed. I got it. And we're going to get into that a little bit more a little later. But here's the thing. If you want to tinker or gamble, gamble on an upside prospect. Gamble on a guy that has a couple years left on his contract. Evan Fournier doesn't fit LaMelo Ball's timeline. Unless you were getting a piece that was so essential to you. That's the only way I would start giving up like future picks and things of that nature. Because here's the thing. 
Listen to the guard rotation they have. LaMelo Ball, possible rookie of the year. Terry Rozier, having a good season. Malik Monk has found his stroke, giving 20 points a game, doing work, giving people the business. And Devontae Graham, I think the guard rotation is just fine. Evan Fournier would be um, an embarrassment of riches. And what do you have to give up in return? Do you have to give up picks? Because I'm thinking Orlando would want picks. We just talked about Orlando. Don't give up dudes unless you're getting upside player and two first-round picks. And Charlotte, you're not at the point in your development as a team that is ready to contend for the likes of Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier would be a piece where you add him and it makes you a legitimate Eastern Conference Finals, you know, participant. That's the Evan Fournier move. But if you're doing it to get to the fifth seed to lose in the first round because you're young, don't do it. Don't give up assets, future assets for what's going on right now. Winning is exciting. Winning is something cool. And if LaMelo ends up in the playoffs, so if I'm Charlotte, I'm sitting there and I'm looking for somebody who is young, who I can have, who preferably is not a guard too. Look at all those guys that they have. They're relatively young. Terry Rozier and Malik Monk are like the elder statesmen of the Charlotte Hornets. So I would look for somebody, maybe like a, you know, a small forward, power forward that has some upside. Like if you were looking at, let's say you wanted to make a run at uh, Chad Hutchinson in Chicago, somebody like that. You know, hell, if you wanted to get in on the Wiggins thing, let's say you thought the dynamic proposition of LaMelo Ball and Andrew Wiggins together was a good idea because it's hard to get a guy who could be a a real legit two-way player. Not saying that Wiggins is that, but a lot of people at Golden State are touting him as that, and I don't know if that's them trying to bring up his trade value. I can't get a read on it. If I had a read on it, I would let you know. But the reports are that they are really happy with him and they're really happy with his development defensive-wise. Or so, Charlotte, if that's what you wanted to do, you wanted to get somebody who could maybe fast-track your development, you got to get a real piece. And I just don't see Evan Fournier as that guy. He's a tremendous guy if you're looking to say, like if he was open to coming to the Lakers or coming to the Clippers or going to Milwaukee, teams like that that are really on the cusp of doing something really big in the Eastern Conference Finals, those are the teams that should be looking at Evan Fournier. Charlotte, just be happy with LaMelo Ball. Which leads us to our rookie watch. And I kind of said sort of because we're going to call this the LaMelo Ball watch today. We're going to get a little more 
um, tight on the rookie watch. I think what we're going to end up doing is not blowing out the rookie watch. We're going to kind of change it a little bit. So we can focus in on one guy and then maybe another to kind of just give you a little, basically a little texture to the podcast and to what we're trying to talk about. Now, LaMelo is is shooting 45% from the field, 38.2% from three to go along with his six rebounds and his 6.3 assists. And the most important thing, he's the rookie that has really helped lead his team to the playoffs. Now, here's the other thing with LaMelo. And this involves also a couple other rookies. So I want you to listen to this a little bit. There are three players that are playing over 20 minutes that are shooting 45% from the field, at least 38% or better from the land of three, and shooting 80% from the free throw line. One is Peyton Pritchard, the rookie for the Celtics, the former Oregon Duck, Pac-12 all day here. You know I got West Coast bias. You know I'm West Coast all day. I live in the la-la. You know you were going to get some Pac-12 love. Congratulations to the Ducks on winning the regular season Pac-12 title. We'll see you in the conference tournament. You know I'm homing for UCLA all day here. The other guy is Sacramento, Sacktowns. Tyrese Halliburton of Iowa State Cyclone lore. (laughs) So those three guys are the three guys that are averaging 20 minutes. They're shooting better than 45% from the field. They're shooting 38% or better from the land of three while shooting 80% or better from the free throw line. That is getting it done. That is rookies handling their business because Anthony Edwards is shooting pretty much like 38% from the field and he's shooting like 29% from the land of three you know Wiseman has flashed a lot of ability he's been injured a little bit Tyrese Maxey had a couple games where he was doing real big things. Emmanuel quickly had a couple games where he was doing real, real big things. And they're also, they're producing for their teams. The The players that seems they have the most impact on their rosters, Peyton Pritchard, Tyrese Halliburton, and QP Sports Exchange preseason rookie of the year candidate, LaMelo Ball are really being key contributors to their team's success. That is the rookie watch for today. We're going to get up out of here. Uh, I'm going to thank the listeners. The audience is awesome. Um, Our downloads are so much better. So continue to download and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family. We do this twice a week. We do it with a lot of love in our heart. And we're so excited and proud to bring it to you. I want to thank my my insiders, my guys out there that uh, remain nameless, who are um, giving me information 
here and there. I want to thank them for their contributions to the podcast. Without you guys, can't do it. So kudos to you guys. And again, QP Nation, we're trying to become more interactive. So hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network. On Instagram and Facebook, it's Question Point Pod Network. Okay? Let's get more interactive. Keep in mind, we have the no question about it, person of the week or entity of the week. Okay? That happens on Football Friday. The reason why we do it on Friday is because we want a whole week. So if somebody comes in with a late submission, either via Twitter Facebook or Instagram, I want to be able to shine light on somebody who's not an athlete, who's not a star, who's not a Fortune 500 company. If you're doing something real big in your community and you're helping out, I want to spotlight you. I want to give you shine. This also goes for my prep athletes out there. If you're doing it big in your sport, hit me up. At on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram or Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. Question Point Pod Network. All right, let's bring stories to life. Let's enlighten the audience because that's what it's all about. And let's give some people some stuff to question. And talk about with their friends. Because that's what this pod is all about. Bringing the community together. QP Nation is in 19 countries. We are downloading even more heavily now. I'm super excited about it. And I don't do this without the listeners. So give yourself a round of applause right now. All right. We're ending it. We're doing it up. And we're going to say it like this. Be good to yourself. Take care of yourself. Take some time out. Give yourself a breather. Because when you're good, your impact on the world is a lot better. That brings me to how you impact the world. Be good to your neighbor. If you have a little bit more and you see your neighbor struggling, go ahead and give them something if you can And if you can affect your community in a positive way by either opening it up to checkbook and giving some money and helping those worthwhile organizations that are out there helping out people who are less fortunate than us, then do so. If you can do it with your time, which is as extremely valuable as currency, and you can do something that impacts your little neck of the woods in the world do that as well because we just want to continue to shed light we want to continue to bring positivity and we want to continue to spread joy as a community this QP nation community and also if you're struggling with mental health if you have an issue that is going unnoticed by people talk about it Talk about it with your family. Talk about it with uh, somebody close with you. Talk about it with a pastor or get some help from a therapist. 
And if you know somebody who has those issues, talk to them about it. Let them know that they are not alone. Let them know that they are definitely have help in their fight to get themselves right mentally. All right. That's it. We are going to close up this pod. Again, thank you to the listeners. Keep downloading and subscribing. And then, again, mostly, keep following me on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network, on Twitter, QPP Network, so we can continue to grow and get better every single day. Then you know what the mission is, right? The mission has not changed. The ringer is out there, and I am trying to chase it down and I will, at some point, I will catch ben, Bill Simmons. And I will also catch my spirit animal, Kevin Smith and Smarco. That is the, that is what we are trying to do. So, I know you guys are on that mission. I know you guys want that to happen. And I appreciate the love and support that I get. And it's right back at you. Because you know. I want to bring heat. Every single week for you guys. Because. It's an absolute joy. To do this. Every single week. Twice a week. So keep in mind. We're going to go ahead and do. No question about it. Person of the week. On football Friday. So if you're not a football fan. Listen towards the end of the pod. At the end of the week. So you can see who that person is or who that entity is. Get those submissions in through Twitter and through Instagram and Facebook. You know the handles by now. And I am out.